Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Mavericks. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are Locked On the Dallas Mavericks. I am Nick Angstead, media member at DallasSportsFanatic.com. And I am joined, as always... Now my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? Nick, how real is the Dennis Smith Jr. hype? How real? The hype is real. The hype is awesome. I am still here live at Summer League. If you can hear all the background stuff, the uh, Celtics and Trailblazers are playing. About to start the fourth quarter. And, uh, yeah, Jalen Brown mashed on a guy earlier today. I think it was Caleb Swanigan. Swanigan. So it was uh, exciting. You hopefully hear some game noise. It's, I, I liked it with the game noise from from yesterday's podcast. I, I thought that was really yeah, good. it was pretty cool. So it was how pretty we're, cool. We're, we're probably gonna to drop this on Sunday night, and then I'm not sure if we're gonna have a Monday pod. So, you, but you got two pods over the weekend uh, that you can listen to, and then so hopefully either people are gonna be catching up on Monday, or you're uh, you know just waiting for Tuesdays to drop. So. <laughs> <laughs> this will this will be your Monday pod. Basically, yeah. Basically, it'll just come out like six hours earlier. <laughs> it's kind of how that's going to work. So, but thanks so much for joining us, guys. And uh, we got a lot of good stuff. We got another another game, another summer league game to talk about. We got a lot. I talked to a lot of people today. I uh, I talked to Fran Fraschilla, the international uh, ESPN college basketball analyst. All those things, all those adjectives. He is, and uh, he's just awesome. Great guy. Got to talk to him about Ding because the love for Ding is real. And I'm working on a piece right now about just why there's just so much love for Ding and, like, what it's about and if he's going to make the team. and just, just about him because it just seems like an interesting topic right now for people. And not just, not just Mavericks fans, but all NBA fans. I mean, you know, it was literally 90% Lakers fans here yesterday. Today it's, it's completely a mixed bag. There's, I see a lot of Celtics because they're playing right now, but the Lakers don't play. So it's just all total NBA fans. Uh, which is interesting, and so since there wasn't as many Lakers fans here today, the uh, the the love for Ding was the same. It was you know it was just the same as it was even with. So it's not just Lakers fans, it's not just Mavs fans. It's all NBA fans are interested in Ding. So we'll I'll talk to Fran Fraschilla later in the podcast about Ding and and you know if he's going to come over, if he's a good enough prospect, like if he's a good NBA player and all that stuff. So we're definitely going to get to that. But let's first not bury the lead. Dennis Smith Jr. Man, that guy is. He is a baller. I mean, uh, one of the guys from Seeing Stars texted me and said, like, he's a man among boys. Like, he, you know, he is just, you know, uh, like a real a real player. <laughs> and he went up against Josh Jackson today. Yeah, his first step, man. I mean, his so it's quick. like when he, ice, when he isos out, and it's, it's almost like he has a choice. Like, if he wants to get to the rim or get in the paint, he can. And – there's just times where he just isolated out. Like when Bender got switched off on him, yeah. please. That, that was a joke. I mean, he was just eating that up. His, his, his like his craftiness and his, he's just kind of savvy, like in the lane. Like he's just so, he gets in the lane and he just kind of contorts himself to like get the ball off. And even though we've talked about his wingspan not being, you know, it's six, three and it's not like super long. So you wouldn't think about that, but he can finish in the paint out today he hit at least two three pointers. I don't know, it could have been more. I think maybe maybe three, but he finished with what, 25, 26 yeah, points. 25 like seven rebounds, four assists, four steals, a block on Joe Jackson. And Joe Jackson, Ugh. I know nothing about, but <laughs> Joe Jackson is like a smaller guard that was playing for the the Suns. And uh, a couple times he he <laughs> He just gave the little stare down to Joe Jackson because he w- he would do a couple of like little things, and I noted some of these where he would throw his arm and it would you know hit Yogi in the face, or he would you know like just do like little extra stuff like the Bruce Bowen Meta World Peace type stuff, where it's just like the little extra things on defense, and and Dennis Smith Jr. was not happy with it, and so he blocked him on that one play, and it was right on the baseline where I was sitting, and so 
Joe Jackson goes for a layup, and he gets blocked, like stuffed out of bounds from Dennis Smith Jr., and then he just stops. You know how, like, you block and you're jumping in the air, and then you just stop where you are. You don't keep running. Like, your momentum doesn't keep going. You just stop right in place. And he just stared at him and looked at him and didn't change the emotion on his face. It was just flat. It was completely flat and stared him down, and it was awesome. Like, it's just a moment that you just really like for a player, like a player on your team to do. Uh, because I give him props for that too, because I would have said something like if I, <laughs> yeah, I get swats yeah, like right. that back in the day or something. I like I'm I'm mouthing like I'm running my mouth. Probably got me in trouble some, but yeah, he just stared at him. And Josh Jackson, when he would do stuff like that, like he had some pretty incredible plays too. Like he had some really good stuff. But when he did something, he would actually like respond or say something or like yell something. But Dennis with Junior, it's just like that quiet confidence. And that's I don't know if anybody was able to see the post game interview, but. Someone asked him about the quiet confidence, and they said, "What you know? Where does that quiet confidence come from?" And he just said, "Humility." He just straight up said, "Humility." Man, gosh, Dennis Smith Jr. is more mature than I am. <laughs> I'm like six <laughs> years older than him. I'm like six years older than him. That guy can, you know, he like he answers questions really well, and he comes off really great to the media, and just is really smart. And and I think he's really he uh, he makes decisions well, and I think he's a. Uh, not poised what am i looking for he everything he does is for a purpose like it's purposeful you know like every single thing that he does on a basketball court there's a reason for it and he doesn't just wildly do things on a court just to try stuff which is something that i i did not expect from him to be honest and and, and seeing a couple of these games and uh it's fun obviously the games are have been pretty fun to watch uh, they've had some fun moments. You've seen the, uh, you know, the dunks pregame. We tweeted out one from Dallas Sports Fanatics. So go check that out. That it's just effortless the way the way that he flies through the air. But the the way that he's played has not been out of control. It has not been trying too much. It has not been doing stuff that he can't do. It's not been, you know, and he'll try things like he'll do stuff like step back threes or pull up jumpers or things like that. But he's not trying to completely take over and, and do stuff that's out of his league. Does that make sense? Yeah. He had, he had a, uh, kind of a span there in the third quarter. Cuban, it was whenever Cuban was talking, and he got a little out of hand. That was the, about the only time that he had had consecutive turnovers, and he, even Cuban said on the broadcast, he's like, Dennis is trying to do way too much right now. He just needs to calm, calm it down. But but that was like the only time, and that's really impressive for a guy yeah. like that, that. Especially when you're playing in a game like this to where realistically – you can probably get to the rim at any time you want, so it's kind of hard maybe to dial it back some. But I give it to Josh Jackson because they Josh Jackson was you know was guarding him a lot. Yeah, he and I was. don't know if that was was that something that you know Jackson was asking for or whatever it was. But you know that one play I think off the top of my head, it's where uh, Dennis had the ball and Jackson was over on, on a, kind of towards the side, kind of towards the corner, and he just kind of did this little move and you know just did the step back three right in his face. And just drained it. That was, you know, Dennis did. That was such a great play. It was na- nasty. Yeah. So, such he takes it in. You know, that's with Dennis, he takes it in the paint, and he'll challenge anybody. What about when he almost yammed on Jackson? Oh. Like, he stepped out of bounds first. That, he just kept on going up. He, it's like he never was going to come down. That play. Oh, my gosh. Jake Lehman just almost threw it in Antizizic's face. <laughs> Hey, Lehman can get he up. He can. I did not. You do not. You don't expect it from that guy. But yeah. So when he went at Jackson, I think he he kind of took it personal. And we we talked about the the quote that he said before we went to summer league is that I don't have a chip on my shoulder. You know, I I just look to the people that are encouraging. But you got to think that there's some like there's something in him that says this guy was chosen before me, and there's no reason that he should be. And I want to show everybody that I'm worth it. That I am, you know, better than this guy, and that's what you want from your best player on a team, and that's that's the Dennis Smith Jr. ceiling is. He's the best. He's, he, you know, his ceiling is the best player on a, a probably a, you know, deep playoff team, maybe even a championship team. Let's get ahead of ourselves. Why not? <laughs> we might as well get ahead of ourselves at this point. Well, and we and we said, you know, the moment we drafted him, and it's beyond bias now that you know we were we were hearkened from the day we drafted him to saying he's going to have a real shot. Like we were saying it on draft night. Like he's going to be rookie of the year. Like he's going to have a really good shot at being rookie yep. of the year. And now you're starting to see national media come around and starting to see. I saw the ESPN guy today tweet out something about you know a longtime scout saying that you know Dennis Smith that's his pick he's for rookie, a, yeah, of, the he's year. A rookie of the year. I think it was Chris of, Haynes. Yeah. Okay. Now so now some people are starting to get on board with that, and it's beyond a biased Mavs perspective now. So 
it's going to be fun. And, you know, Dallas might win 36 games, but we might get, you know, 30 poster And we dunks. might get a rookie of the so. year. We might get, a, you know, all-rookie all first team. Like, we, you know, we might just, like, get a lot of stuff like that. Like, you know, all defense maybe votes in, in Nerlens. Like, they're just – like Dallas is, is relevant again, and, the, and we'll we'll talk about the the rookie of the year controversy. And Lonzo, who also played really well yesterday, seems to be the one guy um, that could challenge Dennis Smith Jr. for that that rookie of the year. I just don't know if he'll score enough. That's my only thing That's with Lonzo. That's true. And if they'll, and my only fear with some of it is, and this really hasn't come to play a ton in rookie of the year voting. It does in MVP, but as far as like winning. And I, I just want to see because I think this draft class is going to be just insane when we when we look at back at it you know in ten years. Yeah, there's a guy that but there's a guy I, that just I, left his seat at courtside that was the number one pick a year ago and still hasn't played an NBA game. <laughs> ben Simmons, who literally just yeah. walked out of the room, but he's you know he's here. Well, you know I think the Sixers play next I think, but he uh, you know that guy's going to have something to say about rookie of the year too. <laughs> so. I, I get scared of somebody like Tatum. You know, if Tatum averages like 15 a game and they're like, oh, Boston's the one seed or something, you know, like would they do that? I just wouldn't want them. But I think Dennis has just as good a shot as any of those De'Aaron Fox, Fultz, Tatum. You know, I don't think Josh Jackson will, will get it, but he, it's no disservice. He really him. does. Also, one thing I want to, to talk about about Dennis Smith Jr. is they sort of hid him on defense on Derrick Jones Jr. Did you see that? <laughs> well, everything was just so weird because there were times that, you know, he was playing with Yogi and they ran him with a lot of different people. But then, you know, they, they had Jackson guarding him and it was like sometimes Phoenix didn't have – I don't know. It was kind of weird just how they how they matched up because he wasn't gonna he he was guarding Josh Jackson a, a few possessions, but it wasn't too much, and it was just a bunch of switching. So yeah, and then he would have you would have a like Mike James be the point guard for the Suns, and then you would have Derek Jones Jr. and like Josh Jackson, and those would be like your wing guards, <laughs> you know. And then you have Chris and Bender, and you're like, who who does he guard at this point? He's not. You don't really want him to guard Mike James. That guy's that guy's good, man. <laughs> Mike James came out and yeah, really he played today. Also, Josh Adams played pretty well today. And I actually got to talk to Larry Nance Jr. about him. I'm working on a piece for that. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. and him are best friends. And there's a pretty interesting story about that that I'm working on. They both went to Wyoming. Um, so he played, you know, pretty well. But when you have that, you have you know, Dennis Smith as, as like, <laughs> hiding on a 6'8 guy that almost won the dunk contest. <laughs> Yeah, he reminds me of uh, – Adams reminds me of uh, Hillsong, New York, Pastor Carl Lentz. There's just, some, there's just some, there's something That's about so him uh, that reminds me, that is, <laughs> reminds me of him. Can we talk about Dorian Finney-Smith shooting? I would love because to. I'm also working on a piece for that, you, too. I, talked to, I asked, I asked so Coach you, Mosley about that. <laughs> because we've heard about the shot mechanics. We've heard about him working on stuff. Well, it's not translating, it, so – Two for 17 shootings, 0 for 9 from 3. It's, it's not. So. He's really not putting the ball in the basket. I'm not going to dispute that. <laughs> but his shot looks really good. Yeah, it doesn't look bad. It's just, I don't you know, and it's just two games. You know, I obviously don't. I put like a, a penny into summer league stuff. But, I don't know. You do want to see, especially if, if if the main thing coming out of somebody over the offseason is saying, I'm working on my shot. I've changed a bunch of things on my shot, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And that's the shooting right now. But it's not that big of a deal. We have plenty of time until game one of the season. So Do we have plenty of time? We have, it was like two months, right? Well, what? We got until October now, or something like over that? Over two months. So like, like two and three-fourths months. I just, I just know that I want to have the swag and the confidence like Marquis To Chris wear an Iverson jersey with no undershirt, life. like this guy that just walked by me with, you know, double fist and two beers and almost tripped and fell everywhere. You want to have that kind of confidence? That's good. No, because <laughs> his confidence is right below Marquis Chris's. <laughs> Marquis Chris, man. Because, dude, what? When did this guy think he's good Kevin Lord. Garnett, man? Like, he thinks he is the – who who is this guy? I mean, like we know who he is, but I'm saying, who does he think he is? Honestly, he just has this constant. 
I don't know. There's been this trend with a lot of guys at Summer League that are either second year or have, you know, even third year, have been around. That And Yogi even had this a little bit the first game. He was struggling this past game, so not as much. But that first game, they just had this look on their face like, why am I here? Like, I'm better than this, you know? And some sometimes it comes off as arrogance. And I think Chris's really did come off as arrogance. Yogi's was more of like, and I'm definitely, I'm definitely being a homer right now for the team that I cover. But, <laughs> like, Yogi's was more of like, I want to play myself out of here. And Brandon Ingram had the exact same thing. He's like, I, you know, I'm over this. I'm better than this. I want to get out of here. And so he, you know, played super well. Both those guys, Yogi and, and Brandon Ingram, in their first games. And then, you know, you have Chris that comes in and uh, has just this look on his face the whole time. Where he's like, I'm better than this. I'm, you know, the, you know, like the next thing, I guess. Or, or he's just like, all you guys are below me, <laughs> sort of. And yeah, and he he kind of had it throughout his whole rookie season too, because I remember in Dallas this past year. And when we still had Bogut, and I remember him like kind of halfway throwing Bogut to the ground and yeah, like standing I I over him too. and like looking at him and crap. I'm like, bro, like who who are you, kid? Like who? When did you become KG or somebody? Like, yeah. Anyway, yeah, he had he had twelve points. He was him. three of ten shooting. Got five free. He made five three th- free throws, ten rebounds, seven turnovers, five fouls, and he was minus sixteen. So, who are you? Hmm. <laughs> Hey, do, do you know why Tyler Ulysses is not playing? Is he hurt? Why who? Oh, Tyler, Tyler Ulysses. He was there today. I think they just. Yeah, I saw him on the bench. I think they're I just. Uh, if, I think he. Because I'm like, you're not bigger I than I think this. he played out of it. Well, he's not bigger than anything, but <laughs> I walked by him. He is probably 5'7. <laughs> he or 5'8. He is really short. <laughs> it's weird Super when I'm like tight. almost a head taller than an NBA player. That is just odd. <laughs> and yeah, I know I'm around JJ a lot, but still, it's just it's just different. <laughs> I'm not I'm not used to that. But I think he played out of it, man. The other yeah, uh, another person that me and uh, hurt. Tim Cato were talking about, and Sam Vecini, we were we were like, "Where's Justin Anderson? Why is Justin Anderson not playing for the 76ers? That's kind of weird too. And he's healthy because he just ran a camp, and I know he's like working out and all this crap. That's weird. It is kind of weird he's it? not playing. But the, the other thing is that the 76ers, he's probably a veteran on the 76ers, right? <laughs> he's been like two years. And yeah. He actually probably <laughs> He's is. played like, you know, 160 games, and he's probably played more than the entire roster. Kind of like Marcus Smart is the longest tenure <laughs> Celtic. <laughs> That's, That's crazy. That's so weird. The NBA, man, the transaction game is uh, is awesome. People are just moving all over the place and – yeah, so, yeah, just, Justin Anderson we, not here. Then uh, Tyler Eulis not playing in this game. Bender looked pretty good to me. His uh, Jalen Brown just hit a step-back, fadeaway jumper, fouled, knocked to the ground, and everyone cheered. That dude He's can ball, really man. Him I and like Tatum. Brown. You get 7-11. 7-11. You, uh, <laughs> you got anything else about uh, the game? Just that Bender looked really good, too. I like that. Uh, just his his footwork looked really good around the three point line, and his shooting just looked confident. And I thought that he might not be, you know, a rotation player, but if he can shoot like that and he can come off of screens, he came off of a screen one time and just turned the corner and put up a shot real quick. And I just looked at it and said, "Man, like that guy is, that guy is going to be a really really good shooter." So there's hope for Dragon Bender. I t- I'll tell you who looked really good, and is Sotnam. Sotnam got in. He's gonna. I think he's going to come to training camp. He's going to battle Salah for backup center minutes. And I don't know. He could be – it could – Satnam's kind of increased play could be playing into the Nerlens discussions. <laughs> I couldn't finish it. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't that. finish it. There's a couple – Satnam got Sotnam in. Satnam did get in. We almost had singers and dingers. We were so close, guys. So close. <laughs> I think the – like. <laughs> oh, we do need to talk about this one thing is that uh, – well, I guess we already sort of talked about it. If Dennis Smith Jr. sits out, what does that mean for the rest of the team? Like, what does that mean for the rest of, you know – It remains viewership goes roster. down. Does Yogi then sit out too? Like, is he played out of it? Or if Dennis Smith Jr. You know, plays out of it and Yogi doesn't, what does that mean? Like, that, the, just the hierarchy is – I don't understand why, Dennis, why they would set Dennis Smith. Tell the exact quote because I, th- I think we were talking about this before we hit record. Oh, okay. so. What did what exactly did Mosley say? 
where he was asked about Dennis yeah, Smith so, being so a, a, his availability a guy, for the a rest guy of asked, summer league. Uh, Coach Jamal Mosley about Dennis Smith Jr. and said, uh, "Like, is De- is he going to play the rest of the game? Because a lot of times, what happens in the summer league is you'll have some of your best players and your best rookies or second year guys. You'll play them the first couple games, and they'll just be so good, and you'll be like, all right, let's get it. Let's take a look at some other guys. Because ultimately." We love the Orlando Mavericks. We love that they won the championship. We love, you know, <laughs> like all that stuff. Like we would like to say that we could win the championship. The Mavericks are 2 and 0. Like the, the Las Vegas Mavericks are 2 and 0. We would love to say that we would win a championship, but <laughs> it doesn't really it doesn't matter in the end if the guy, you know, and so Brandon Ingram plays really well his first game, then all, then has this scare with his ankle in the second game, and as soon as that happened, uh he goes so he goes down, and everyone looks over at Magic, who's sitting on, on sitting courtside right across from their bench. And you just look at him; he stands up off his chair and he just gives the no, no, no hand sign. Just no, no, no. I think they put they pretty much put it on the broadcast, and now it's been in, in gifts and memes everywhere. But like he's the no, no, no hands, and he's like, no, he's out. So they took him right out, and he's not going to play the rest of summer league, which was pretty disappointing for fans, but. You know, that's a guy that is a future foundational piece for that team, and he needs to be available to play for the actual games that he's being paid for. Markel Fultz, too. Markel Fultz, the, you know, the same thing. He, uh, It was actually his first game that he played in, and he he got what they said was a high ankle sprain, but it ser- turned out to be a little bit less than that, I think, is what got reported. But, yeah, so these guys you know, get injured because they are going hard. Like, they are actually playing. They go at each other. You saw Josh Jackson, Dennis Smith Jr. do that, do that exact thing today. So they are going at each other. So if they take out Dennis Smith Jr. and the, the you know, uh, the quote from quote from Coach Mosley was, uh, if asked if Dennis Smith Jr. would play the rest of the summer league, he said that's to be determined, which is not an answer, <laughs> but it does tell us something. It tells us that they are thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of sucks. I mean, can you imagine the buzz? Here's the thing. This is a piece I'm just starting to work on is in this boring off season something something around the title will be like this you know Dennis Smith Jr's given the buzz to a boring off season and you know for the for Mavs fans right now like this is the only thing we have to be excited about as far as you know what has that's happened not, over that's the not past true. You know, month there's a lot of other things to be excited about over the past month like no I'm just saying we don't we didn't make like a sexy addition in free agency or we haven't added anybody like big you know there's as far as like new things, it's I the, mean, it's the most thing. It's the there's nothing we should new be the most. Out. It's the thing that Mavs fans should be the most excited about, but it's not the only thing. To mi- what else are they excited about right Let's now? Say, I mean, Harrison Barnes played super well, and you should be excited about. Well, no, no, no. I meant over the past like three or four weeks, like since after the draft through free agency. That's what I'm saying because I feel like the majority of people's like, man, we haven't did anything. You know, we've missed out on some of these people. What's been the weight on Nerlens? Like they're. You know, it'd be different if like we locked in Nerlens night one, you know, to a good contract. Like that would be so exciting. You know, like yes, like locked in. There's still uncertainty around that, even though we know he's going to be back. But that's what we should weird. talk about right now is the Nerlens situation because the the Brooklyn Nets made a trade for Damari Carroll, and uh, they got a first round pick for it, and they gave up Justin Hamilton, who's just kind of you know a fringe sort of player, and so. They lose some cap space. However, Eric Pincus of uh, Bleacher Report, he's been on NBA TV. He helps run the sports business classroom, and so he does a lot of cap stuff, cap expert. He said they could still get $30 million. They could. They have to move some things around, but yeah. the Brooklyn Nets can still get money. So I was under the impression yesterday when you just, you know, you look at the, the teams and you're, you say, well, they just added $15 million and they had 20-something, and so now they have, you know, five. <laughs> and you're like, well, it doesn't necessarily work like that. There's there's things that you can do. The cap is so complicated. There's so many different avenues and ways that you can go. Daryl Morey is is a cap expert for sure. He is, you know, really smart guy. A lot of people around the league, he's very ro- well-respected. They signed Nene to a, a, a deal that wasn't allowed. <laughs> and, and they had to take one of the years off of his deal because it wasn't allowed because of a rule in the CBA. So it's so complicated. It's hard to know. And, uh, yeah, so they could they could still sign. That's, you know, Ner- They could still offer Nerlens if they, you know, if these other things don't work out for them. Well, that that's what I tweeted out. You know, we texted about it. Because as soon as that trade happened, I looked, first of all, I would have did that trade. I would have taken on Damari Carroll but for the, a first and a second. If the first is going to anyway. be like 25, I don't know if I want that much of Damari Carroll. 
That's thirty million. That's thirty million dollars. Is, is the Raptors really going to get the twenty fifth? Raptors ain't going to finish with a record that's a twenty fifth pick. You're probably looking at look like at the, the teams that they're going to play multiple times. They're going to play like the Bulls four times. They're going to play. Yeah, you know, they're going to play all these. Yeah, they're going to play that's all these true. teams because that's going against all this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But anyway, so I, back to the Nets thing. Yeah, because right now, right now they're sitting at like sixty nine, seventy million. Caps at like ninety nine. They do the trade. Hamilton makes yeah. like three million. Carroll makes like fifteen. So that equals right. out to like twelve. For the Nets. So then you look at their non guarantees. They have like Dinwiddie, um, Quincy AC, yeah, or Boy Q, like all this stuff. So if they if they if they renounce all of those, or if they you know get rid of all their non guarantees and all this stuff, then you're looking at like they could still offer Nerlens a max at like twenty five. So yeah, you're right with. It does not take Brooklyn out of the running as far as with Nerlens. I wish that's that it did, but it doesn't. <laughs> we wish that it did. Can we hold can, on? Can we talk about? Can we talk about? Cuban's oh yeah, comments? I want to do that. But Ben Simmons was just put on the video board, and he realized it. Like he saw it. He was looking up, and then all of a sudden he realized he was on the board, and he looked over at the camera and just gave him like a side eye, and it was really funny. That's, on the, uh, that's definitely going to, like, go to Liberty Ballers. They probably already have the GIF up right now. <laughs> that was, that was, really, they, that they was really funny. What was I? Oh, so, yeah, Nerlens is it could still be offered. But wouldn't that be awesome if, if they offer Nerlens, we match it, and then we get Quincy AC back because they had to renounce all these guys? I would take that. I would take Quincy AC as our last oh, guy to add. Dude, I was pissed back then because I thought AC was ba- better than Dwight Powell <laughs> back sure then. you were. Dwight Powell in the building, and, and – to the disgust of many people on Twitter, they were not happy to see Dwight Powell in the, in the building. He should have suited Stop. up. He needs to Stop. play. So, so let's talk about yeah, Cuban's comments it. on the broadcast. Because So the broadcast had Cuban. They interviewed Cuban with that. Um, just a couple things I want to throw out there. As far as they asked him about the young core, how it's a different time of Dallas. And they say, you know, you got this kind of new young core now, and what do you have to say about that? And he said, yeah, man, we got this young core of Nerlens and Seth and blah, and just list the guys. And we've talked about it before. I think it's just another hidden type of small little thing of, like, it's, he's just assumed part of the core. Like, he's still restricted free agent. Anybody can offer him anything, but it's just given that he is a part of that core. Yep. And so, for me, it's translation – don't you know? Don't even talk to him. Okay, he's going to be matched, so don't even waste your and time. And so far, it's worked, right? Um, <laughs> we've we've seen Otto yeah, Porter, get, you know, <laughs> Otto Porter get signed to an offer sheet, and you know, so it's not like restricted free agents aren't getting offers out there. There's at least one that we know of, <laughs> but yeah, and it's not like Nerlens is not wanted. Like Ner- we've talked about Nerlens before about his ability to play the five in this new era of the NBA. Because he can guard on the perimeter, he is so athletic and stuff. It's not, you know, he's not a Valanciunas. You know, he's not a, that type of center, and so he he would be wanted. I just think teams are shied away from it because they know did, Dallas did is going to match it. Did but teams want him? Hopefully, though, we get all they got was Justin Anderson and t- two second round <laughs> picks, basically. Well, I think it was. Did they want him because they knew the payday? I think in the summer. I think that was the key to everything. Of like, hey, we could give up a ton, but are you prepared to hand him a max contract? Do play? Do teams want Noel? I, I absolutely. But do they want him on a full max contract? I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, we see it now. I think a team would probably would love to get him like Dallas anywhere from that sixteen to twenty range. But they. But some teams, when it came to the trade deadline stuff, they might have looked at it and said, okay, he's coming up a restricted free agency. They got kind of scared. And that was before we yeah. knew the cap number, yeah. too. So the cap number kind of helped us out with that. Of you know, So if teams are like, hey, I don't know about trading for him because he might get a max contract and we don't want to give him And we have less summer, money so. than we thought we were going to have. So one one last thing about Nerlens exactly. I want to clarify is that we talk about the Nerlens race or we talk about, you know, people that could or teams that could offer Nerlens a deal. And the reason we bring up these other teams is yes, obviously we can match. Obviously we can match anything. Obviously Nerlens is going to come back. The the thing that we're watching for and the thing that we're sort of nervous about is if somebody flies in and offers him a max contract. And if they offer him, you know, the max which is like 25 million, 26 million, then you know, the $18 million that we think Nerlens Noel is probably worth, all of a sudden, you know, you add $8 million of salary cap to that. That's like a whole player, 
you know, that's a, that's a whole free agent next year yeah. that the Mavericks aren't going to be able to get because they, it was matched by or that he was offered a max deal by somebody else, and so they had to pay more money. So we're just we're basically just looking for the money. So it's not that we think he's going to go. It's not that we Let, think he he's lost. And and most most Mavs fans, most people know this. But I had a guy on Twitter, you know, tweet me last night. It was like, why do we even care about this? He's going to come back. Like, yes, that's true. We're just looking at the money part of it and looking at the the Mavs options looking yeah. forward. And if he gets signed for more money, obviously you're not going to be able to sign free agents in the future. And it looks like the Mavericks are going to are trying to, you know, plan for 2018, right? They haven't offered anybody crazy this whole uh, offseason or even like multiple don't, years don't or anything. Started on that. Yeah, and with Let's let's make a prediction. What do you think right now? This is what the ninth, July 9th. What do you think the final Nerlens contract will be? For me, for it Dallas? seems like he gets like a twenty million dollar a year deal. Yeah, I was gonna say four year, yeah, eighty million. Something. Yeah, it could be just a straight up like twenty million a year, but I could also see it being like it started eighteen and then just have raises in it. And I, I'm not smart enough to know how all the raises work and all that stuff. You'd have to ask Nate Duncan or Danny Larue who are four rows in front of me right now but <laughs> like you have to ask one of those guys how that works but i could see you know a contract like that with the idea of it being you know 20 20 ish million dollars a year in the end yeah i agree all right so with with cuban talking he was asked about kind of the stage that the mavericks are in and we've you know, we kind of know what yeah. Dallas is in right now. We know we're not competing for a title or whatever. But, you know, Cuban just said it point blank. He said, we are rebuilding right now. And But he, he countered that with, but I'll say this. If we were in the East, we would not be re- <laughs> rebuilding. <laughs> so, and he, he, made some jo- he made some jokes about, hey, I'm going to be calling Adam Silver, trying to get us to the East and, like, all this stuff. And he was just laughing it off and stuff. But, you know, he talked about Golden State, and he said, hey, realistically, you know, who's going to compete with them in the next couple of years? And, we, you know, he admits that, you know, we're, yeah. not, we're just not there, and we're not going to be there. So he said, you know, it's just kind of they're just in this rebuilding stage, and we know that. And so – and he talked some about how the cap is, you know, affecting this summer, how how it's going to affect next summer too, and I think that is going into Dallas's plans too because they're now, you know, if you're looking at this, you know, the whole stage now, and you're looking at, at cap space for next summer, however yeah. you feel about that, and saying, you know, we could be one of the only teams that have like a max slot or whatever it is, but uh, a few other things he, he talked about Dennis Smith, and he he joked about Dennis Smith in his Twitter. <laughs> and he he was joking about they were talking about players and how just their maturity. He was talking a lot about players coming in and the one yeah. and done rule. How he wished it was like you know two or three years for maturity and all that. And he talked about the the impact of social media. And he said with Dennis after they drafted him, he said he called him up and was like, "Hey, let's talk about your Twitter and we need you know we need to take so care of some of these old tweets." They, like the the broadcasters didn't bring him up. Yeah, That's yeah. so funny. That's so Cuban of him to bring no, up no, no, the topic no, that not. everyone's thinking about but won't ask. <laughs> so that was cool that those tweets are deleted now. So, uh, and and one more thing with that is he said going in going into the college season, Dennis Smith was number two on their board. And that's interesting because Dennis Smith hadn't yeah. even played a college game. So <laughs> he was going in it purely out of high school, and he was number two on their board. I don't know if whatever you want to say about that, I don't I don't even know how to react to that because somebody had, you know, was coming out of high school and just two, already two on your board. So, But I don't know. It's kind of cool if, you know, he talked about how ecstatic they were. You know, he – he talked about once again about how the draft room and stuff, how just how excited they were whenever Dennis Smith was still on the board. And, and I think McMahon, McMahon talked to Cuban tonight and asked him about why they wanted Smith over Nilakina. And he said the same thing that we all speculated and thought. He just said that we thought Dennis would be ready on day one. And we thought, we think that Frank's going to be a great player, but it's just going to take a long time for Nilakina to get adjusted to the yeah, end of the and game. I mean, we obviously we talked about it. We had a whole podcast debating the two players, but the you know the ceiling I still think is higher on Dennis Smith. And if he was going to hit his ceiling, and if he was going to hit it early, then <laughs> you're getting you know possibly an MVP type guy. So I, I'm all about the hype. All about the hype about Dennis. The rebuilding thing is true. There's a really funny, uh, there's a really funny picture and post on Reddit where somebody said I'm gonna I'm fixing the balance of power, you know, and fixing the Eastern Conference, fixing the, you know, the players in the Eastern Conference. 
and so they made a, a <laughs> they made a new map. And they took a world map and a they took a world map, and instead of focusing on the United States and splitting up Europe and Asia, you know how it does it where. You know, the United States is in the middle and, like, you know, North America and South America are in the middle. And then on the, the right side is, like, Europe and half of Asia and half of Africa. And then on the left side is, like, Australia and half of Asia and, the, and parts of Europe and half of Africa. So he's, he's split it up to where it was, you know, Asia, Europe, and, you know, Africa in the middle. And then the eastern the, – the, uh, the western half of the United States on the left side, which is the eastern side – and the eastern part of the United States on the western side. And he said east-west. And he basically just flipped it. Like, he just flipped the two in, in the map. And it's really funny that he just basically, like, made the western conference the eastern <laughs> conference by way of, like, looking at geography in a different way. <laughs> so. Yeah. The, that's one of my favorite things on Twitter right now is people comparing the two conferences using whatever it is, whether it's memes or graphics or whatever it is. I just so love it. There was a Twitter moment about that, I think, with a whole bunch of those different ones. So, all right. Well, the last thing that I think we're going to talk about today is uh, is Ding, because Ding is still a phenomenon. He's still a fan favorite. There was, you know, people here. And so uh, Fran Fraschilla had some comments uh, when he talked to me about him earlier, you know, it, Fran Fraschilla, ESPN, college and international scout. He's the guy that they talk to on the draft about all these international guys. If anybody's going to know if Ding is an NBA player that I am allowed to talk to, it's Fran Fraschilla. <laughs> so let's listen to Fran and hear him talk to me about, you know, Ding and all those things. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. The fans are, are clamoring for me. Think you yeah. Can make a, think you can make a roster, a camp invite? Uh, camp invite. You know, maybe D-League, you know. I don't know if he even, I don't know if he's a two-way guy yet, but, uh... You know, I was talking to Stephon Marbury, you right. know, for quite a while, who I've known since he was a kid, and Steph said he was, you know, the be- by far the best Chinese player, uh, you know, the MVP of the league last right. year. So uh, everything he's doing out here has uh, – I-, I watched him in the Olympics last summer. Right. Um, didn't have quite the role that he has uh, in his CBA team, but he is a good basketball player. I don't know if he's yet an NBA player, but boy, he's done some things to impress people. Yeah, definitely. They, some people said that he makes like eight million dollars over in China. He makes that, a lot of money. Is that like? I don't know if that's. that's some, I don't know exactly what exactly the figure is. But, but he makes a lot of money. Is that something that would hold him back from maybe one? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> if you wouldn't, I think you got to make sure if you're going to come over here that uh, a you got an opportunity to make to make the league. Yeah. And b that you're not going to take so severe a pay cut that it makes no sense. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, between Mark and Donnie and Tony Ronzoni, they know the international market as well as anybody. Um, but at least being out here playing first in Orlando and now here in Las Vegas, he is certainly impressing people. And a fan favorite. A fan favorite, yes. <laughs> what, how, how can you explain how he gets on the court or he just walks up to the scores table and like everybody just cheers? Is that well, just the education I, of the international game? I, I think part of it is, is, is honestly you don't see as many Chinese players you yeah. know, getting a chance to play in the NBA. So he's a little bit more of a mystery than a kid from Dallas or New York or even right. Belgrade, you know? Right, right. But then when you watch him play, you just admire the hustle and the intensity yeah. and the skill level. And then, and uh, so it's it's fun because uh, it shows once again that the basketball globe has shrunk dramatically. So that was Fran Fraschilla, ESPN, you know, international scout, college basketball scout. A couple interesting things that he said there that he's not sure he's a two-way contract player yet, which is kind of interesting to me because you would think that, like there are some people on, on Twitter that have been saying, you know, oh, you know, who would you rather have, Ding or Nico? And, like, Nico's an NBA player. He's, you know, goes back and forth in the D-League, but he spent most of his time with the Mavericks. And he said, and he thinks that Ding is not yet a two-way player, which is literally a fringe NBA player. I would take Ding over Nico. You would? I would. Mainly because my, my whole thing 
I think Nico is probably a little bit better of an outside shooter, but Nico isn't as aggressive as Ding is. And I don't think Ding is ready for the NBA now, but I think he would be – I don't know. He's what? How old is he? 22, 23? Uh, Nico, Nico is no, five, no, no, months, no, no. No, five months older than Ding. Okay. So, so they're like basically the same age. Yeah, so with – I mean, I think – my favorite thing with Fran, what he was talking about with you, is it would it be worth it for Ding to come over? Because I think, you know, I tweeted out. I said, are we prepared for Ding training camp invite? Are we prepared for him to log preseason games? Because I think there's a really po- really good possibility that he could get an invite to training camp. And yeah, and Fran thinks so too. We, I mean, he talks about it with me. He said that. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. after that. I think for Ding, it's a decision. Do if I'm Ding, would do would I want a two way contract over going back to China? I don't know. Like, I think for Ding, I would say I want a roster spot. I, you know, in it's those situations where you have to weigh out the two way contracts and you know, is it worth it or not? And if I'm Ding, I think it's either roster spot or I'm going back. I don't think I, I want to do the two-way contract if I'm Ding, but I don't know. Uh, obviously, I'm not Ding. Yeah, like we just don't know what he what he wants, and I don't know any Chinese or Mandarin, so I <laughs> can't tell you uh, what his interviews have said. But so it's either he wants the you know like the the money that he gets you know enough money in China. Fran and I agreed on that. <laughs> you know that that would he said that that would be something that he would obviously think about whether he was going to come over or not. Like you said, the roster spot would definitely probably be a thing that maybe he could be thinking about. The other thing to me that could be in play here is he could have grown up in China where, let's see, so Yao was big in like, Yao was drafted in what, 2004, 2003? No. Early 2000. Yeah, something early like that. Maybe 2002, one, something. Okay. But early 2000s. He was drafted number one overall. Ding is like in middle school at that point, maybe even younger than that. So he's young. He sees Yao Ming leave China. He sees him, you know, be, become a success, become a phenomenon, go to the NBA, become an all-star, all this stuff. And then Yao comes back, and he's treated like a god there. <laughs> you know, he comes back, and, and if, if Yao had stayed and if he had played in the CBA, would he have been as loved and as beloved as, you know, as, as he is now? No, but Yao was, like, really good. <laughs> that's oh, right, the, right, right. That's the thing with Ding. I mean, would you want to – I don't. I don't foresee Ding like starting. And no, but, I, but I'm if he fully become, convinced if if Yao didn't stay, if Yao stayed healthy, he would be one of the best centers to ever play the game. Oh yeah, definitely. But if Ding could become an NBA player, just a straight up NBA player, there have yeah. only been there have only been like five NBA players that were born in China, like five. Hmm. That's it. You could name them on one hand. <laughs> Yao was <laughs> one of them, and and Jeremy Lin is not one of them. <laughs> so yeah. the, you know, there's just four others. And so if he could become that, you're you're in rarefied air. And so maybe that's what he's looking for. And maybe he just maybe he's a guy that's super competitive. You can tell by the way that he plays that he is competitive. He is super aggressive like you said. He's more aggressive than Nico, which is not saying much. He he is, you know, a guy that will will hustle, he'll go for the loose balls. And I I don't even think that all of that is coaching. I don't think that all of that is like someone lighting a fire under him. I think he just has that when he plays. You know, he just comes out of the gate swinging. And a guy like that, maybe he looks at it like this is a new challenge for me. This is something new. I want to prove that I can be an NBA player. That is a goal for so many people. That is a goal for literally every single person on the court right now. And some of them are. Some of them are already NBA players, and some of them already have contracts. But a lot of these players in Summer League and a lot of the ones on the Mavericks don't even have NBA contracts or even like D-League contracts or G-League contracts, either one of those. <laughs> so that could just be a goal that he wants to have and that he wants to accomplish in his life whether, you know, for all sorts of reasons. And if he, you know, the best way to do that is maybe not go back to the CBA, but to be on a two-way roster, to be on a two-way roster spot and then hopefully play out of that. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of what, what means more to him. Is it money? Is it playing time? Is it the goal of playing in the NBA? And I don't know. We'll see. And we'll see if Dallas extends an invite to him for training camp. I also think about the invites that Dallas extended last season and – like it was like Keith Hornsby and Kyle Collinsworth and guys like that, and I would rather have Ding than all of the, than most of those guys. Maybe not Jimmy Warren. Brandon Ashley. Brandon Ashley was one of them. Yeah, 
I, he's been kind of playing well. But yeah, I would I would, you know, definitely take Ding in that group and somebody would be able to be kicked out easily, you know, like it's it's not it's not that there's so many good invite, you know, camp invite players that the Mavericks don't have any space for them. Like he Hey, well what what do we say all the time? You can never have enough 64 yeah. to 6, you know, 68 <laughs> six guys nine, and he's yeah, 69 yeah, and he's, you know, he's 67 I think. So and he he's a six seven wing player that can hit hit the three and is really you know, really aggressive. So I don't know. I think he's worthy of a training camp invite. Let's make it happen. Me too. Let's do it. Make it happen, Cuban. I know you listen to this podcast every single day on your way to work. Make it happen. Do it on your way to work. <laughs> <laughs> Does like he sleep? He, work. he sleeps at AAC. He goes to work. That guy works harder than anybody. No. Not to say he don't have a nine to five. He goes in whatever the heck he wants to go in. <laughs> He flies to work every day. It's chopper. Him and Lands TD. Him and TD Jakes carpool sometimes in their their planes. <laughs> TD Jakes. <laughs> My world was rocked when I found out TD Jakes doesn't live in Texas. No oh, man. Guy lives in Florida. He flies up every Sunday. That's insane to me. It's the life right there, man. <laughs> it's way more humid in Florida. So. All right, guys, that was our Locked On Mavs for the, the last two summer league games. The next time you hear from me, I will be back in – I wanted to say the States just now, but I will be back in Texas. <laughs> you feel like you're in a whole different world. <laughs> it seriously does. I went out I went out with a bunch of uh, – don't hold this against me, everybody, but I went out with a bunch of Lakers bloggers last night. Oh, and, my uh, gosh, your Lakers like, fandom. We There's 16 of us just walking around. And I was like, could we look more like bloggers ever? There's just like like dudes of all sizes. And if you like said, All right, make a you know, make an entire basketball team on two K with just guys that look like they're bloggers, you would make uh, the group that I was with last night. That's <laughs> that's the group that you would make. But it was guys from Laker Film Room, S B Nation, Silver Screen and Roll, you know, guys like that. And uh Did you wear would- one of your jerseys? <laughs> I didn't wear a jersey, no. <laughs> I wore the Nico jersey. Somebody, so the, the guy that was here yesterday gave me his Nico jersey, and I took it and wore it. That's, <laughs> what, that's, that's what I ended up doing. Dude, there's a guy sitting right behind you eating an ice cream cone, and he is <laughs> loving that ice cream cone, man. Look at him eat that thing. There was a oh, team my th- gosh, dude. He is <laughs> loving that thing. <laughs> there was a guy for <laughs> there was a guy for the uh, one of the teams, and sometimes you don't know who, who is all – all here from different teams and but people just have different credentials and the credentials are different colors so like mine is media and it's purple and teams are green and so i just saw a guy with the green team credential and he had the exact same kind of ice cream cone and i walked by eddie Sef- or i walked by steve kyler from basketball insiders and he goes man that dude is going to town on that, th- <laughs> on that <thing." laughs> i got i better get me one of those ice cream cones because apparently they're super good and people just keep like well that guy's about to lose his behind <laughs> you <laughs> look at it Look at it. He's looking at it. <laughs> Should we keep watching it? Yeah. Oh, no. Our listeners are bored out of their mind now. No, they're not. They're interested. They want to know. Tweet us if you want to know whether the guy's ice cream cone fell off of the thing or not. <laughs> uh, okay. Should I give you more updates about people that I saw? Should I name drop some more people? I don't care. Throw it at me. I saw Woj and Shams, and they were 30 feet away from each other. Oh, they're together? Not together, but they were 30 feet apart. Shams That's was like sitting down talking to somebody. Breakup. Woj was standing on the sidelines talking to somebody else. It was funny. Woj I needs s- to work on his TV skills, man. It's like he was a king of Yahoo, and then he goes to ESPN, and he's like kind of scared now. Well, he got lost. Did you see him get lost? Mm-mm. <laughs> there's, a, there's a gif out there where, where Woj was like – trying to find his way and he like walked into a sports center hit while he while somebody else was recording it and you could just see him in the background like come around a corner and look and he's on his phone and then he just looks up and he realizes that there's like cameras and lights in front of him and he's like oh my gosh and he like walks back it's really funny uh i saw tim mcmahon and chris vernon recording a podcast about 10 minutes ago so that's probably a ringer podcast or it could be a like a grizzlies thing which ugh, but <laughs> I saw that happen. Uh, I saw and I, I discovered a former Maverick, uh, James Singleton, today. He Dude. was he was here. That was a, a little while ago. Yeah, that was like 2008, 2010. But uh, they, <laughs> Tim Cato was like, "Hey, look, there's you know, there's Singleton," and I was like, 
Chris Singleton, and I don't know why that was the first name that came to my head, but him and Earl and Bobby all laughed at me and said, no, James Singleton. I was like, dang it. <laughs> screwed that <laughs> screwed that, up, that one up. Can't remember all the random Mavericks players that have played. Uh, I, saw, I saw Zach Lowe today. Okay. He's here. Uh, Stefan Marbury I saw again. <laughs> He's still That's here. Almost got a almost got a quote from him directly for the Ding story that I'm working on, but he was he was championing Ding, and him and Daryl Armstrong had had a nice uh, encounter where they yelled about Ding to each other from about five feet away. It was hilarious. <laughs> I also saw um, who else did I see that was freaking out about something? This is fascinating radio. Oh. <laughs> Stefan Marbury was doing an interview with Sirius, Sirius XM NBA, and they're, they're sitting down. He has the headphones on and everything. And all of a sudden, out from the you know like the area where players walk in and everything was Isaiah Thomas, not the not the not the Celtics one, but the bad boys Isaiah Thomas, the older one. Isaiah Thomas comes walking up and he tackles Stefan Marbury off of his chair and just like they hug for probably a full five minutes. <laughs> While he was on the air with Sirius XM, so like right in the middle of his interview, Isaiah Thomas just tackled Stephon Marbury. <laughs> it's great. The, the summer league sounds. Summer league's the best, man. Maybe not the best talent or the best games, but the best people. No, are it's there. the best atmosphere and it's fun stuff and guys do fun things. And I wrote, I actually wrote today. Uh, a lot of people say it's it, you know, calm down. It's just summer league, and sure. But I wrote a pretty compelling argument as to why you should care about Summer League. So go to Dallas Sports Fanatic. Read that. Read Isaac. He's talking all about Mavericks offseason stuff and talking about what's the last piece that you did, Isaac? Oh, man. I'm working on a couple right now. But no, I'm but what's the about last this? one you did, the, the most recent? Last one was uh, it's all about a couple what, days ago. It's, it's all about what you did for me lately, Isaac. Yeah, I was just talking about Boston one. My, I was talking about Boston, potential Boston trades, and then my one that's about to come out tomorrow is how we missed out on Avery Bradley. I felt oh. like we should have jumped on that. So Yeah, that would have been great. Avery Bradley and Wes Matthews would be interesting. I don't, know if that would, I don't know if that would work out. But, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Visit thesmokingcuban.com. Visit dallasportsfanatic.com. Check out our Mavs content. Check out all the stuff that we're doing. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. Rate and review and uh, rate and comment in iTunes. And tell me if you would rather me stop name dropping all those people or if you want me to name drop more people. How about that? <laughs> let's see Let's see where the people are. So, so rate it. Rate, give us five stars and then comment whether you want me to stop name dropping people and stop being an elitist reporter that just happens to have credentials to things or if you're okay with it and like to hear about the happenings and goings-on of basketball people in, at the NBA Summer League. What do you care more about, if the guy dropped his ice cream cone or the people that Nick sees at Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> do you care more about the ice cream cone guy or the whereabouts of Ben Simmons because he is moving again? He's on the move. Okay, he's back, he's back in his seat now. It's good. He's, uh, he's with his doctor. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us, guys, and we will see you probably on Tuesday. Peace out. Boom. This is gonna happen like that because there ain't no alibi girl. They played the most, the oldest songs today. Super random songs.